Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with me, your host, Jason Greenwood, and today we're going to talk about CDPs, also known as Customer Data Platforms. And I'm sure you have heard of CDPs if you have anything to do with e-commerce, omni-channel commerce, digital commerce, uh, or retailing in general. You've probably heard of the term CDP. You may not exactly know what it means. You may have kind of some understanding of what it means, but you may not fully appreciate exactly where it fits in with an omni-channel commerce stack, particularly as it relates to the technology and integrations that really are required to create the type of personalized omni-channel experiences that consumers have grown to expect, particularly as consumers have moved rapidly to more digitally serviced channels as a result of COVID. So today I want to talk to you specifically about CDPs. I want to talk about what they are, um, why they're important to a business or why they should be considered important to an omni-channel business, what the differences between CDPs might look like and what they might be, and also how you can start to look at the right CDP for your business and start to consider how it can or should fit into your existing omni-channel commerce technology stack or how you can sort of roadmap it in to that stack moving forward in your business. So CDP, Customer Data Platform. Uh, I want to let you share with you the idea of a CDP as it relates to other systems of record for customer data. So CDPs really are designed, the whole concept behind a CDP is for the CDP to become the master system of record for all customer data across every single channel. Now I'm hearing you say right now, I can hear it echoing in my ears, but Jason, we've got a CRM platform, but Jason, we've got a marketing automation or email platform, but Jason, we've got a point of sale system, but Jason, we've got an ERP, but Jason, we've got these other technologies that would seem to be better single sources of truth or centralized data stores for customer data. And while that is true that those other platforms may hold customer data, and you may even have a customer service platform like a Zendesk or a, or a Gorgeous or something like that, or you may be doing all your customer service out of your CRM or your phone system or, or your transactional email system or whatever the case may be, the reality is, is that not a single one of these platforms is designed from the ground up even CRMs are not designed from the ground up to run any kind of data or analytics or provide you with any actionable insights uh, into your customer data sets. Uh, it's not designed to unify them. It's not designed to harmonize them. It's not designed to cleanse them. So all of these platforms, uh, the a CRM, a marketing automation platform, a pause system, an ERP, a website, they all see slices of customer data. They all see components of customer data, but they don't see it very holistically. And even the ERP, which receives transactional data from all of the sales channels that you sell through, ultimately, they are not designed. An ERP, while it's designed to be an operational system in terms of being able to manage inventory and manage uh, you know the order management process and fulfillment and everything else. ERPs are managed to to are, are designed to manage the interface between transactions and financials and 
and stock management and various other operational components of a business, they are not designed to be the central source of truth for cleansed and purified customer data that then can be taken, uh, that action can be taken on against that data. So CDPs fill that gap. And one of the ways in which CDPs fill the gap and where they sit in the stack typically, they sit typically directly between a CRM platform and a marketing automation platform. So most of your marketing automation platforms will um, have integrations, out-of-the-box integrations with, say, for example, an e-commerce platform, but they will oftentimes require custom integration to CRMs, to point-of-sale systems, etc. And as a result of that, they typically, marketing automation platforms, as they come out of the box and as they come integrated to your e-commerce platform, they only see web transactions. They only see the web catalog. They only see web product attributes. They only see certain slivers of data as it relates to e-commerce, but they don't see data that come from many other systems. As a result of that, they're limited in the type of analytics, in the time type of RFM or recency, frequency, and monetary value segmentation that they can do. And as a result of that, they only have a certain amount of ability to drive dynamic segmentation uh, and therefore personalized messaging as it, as it relates to email and campaigns. Now, where a CDP starts to plug some of those gaps is in a few different very, very key ways. And I'm going to start talking through a couple of those examples that will hopefully start to help you understand how and why a CDP plugs gaps that a CRM and a marketing automation platform cannot plug. So when we think of a CDP, one of the ways in which CDPs plug those gaps is it, it can start to link together the separate profiles that may relate to the same human being. And let me give you an example. So if uh, a person, and this is a very, very common scenario, if a person comes to your website or they come to your physical store and they create an account, whether that be through your loyalty program, or whether that be just, uh, just through your website, they come out onto your website and they create an account, oftentimes they may create a secondary account or a third account over time as, for example, they want to have certain um, orders placed through a work email address, for example, and those orders delivered to a work physical address. They may have a personal email address where they place orders from home or they have orders shipped to their home address. They may have a family-related email address where they, so it's a sort of shared family email address that they create an account under and have those orders shipped to a house or a work address or a friend's address or another, you know, another address where they might be staying at that time. Um, and then they also might change their email address over time. So they might log in, they might change their email address. And, and oftentimes, third-party systems such as marketing automation platforms and sometimes even CRMs, when this happens, they have no ability to link together the same human being that has multiple accounts in the system. And as a result of that, they're looked at as independent human beings that get treated very independently. So therefore, the sales that are made across those different accounts are not aggregated together. And so therefore, they don't create a holistic view of the customer. Well, a CDP is designed specifically to be able to detect when the same human being is transacting with you or, or, or doing any kind of an action with your business, interfacing with your business in any sort of a way, a CDP is specifically designed to be able to connect the dots between those human beings that are the same human being, uh, but that look like a different human being as it relates to their customer data. So typically a CDP will look across not just the email address, but it will look across social accounts. It will start looking across uh, other 
data points within your system. It will start looking at physical address. It will start looking at billing addresses. It will start looking at, at uh, credit card, uh, the, 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 the beginning four digits and last four digits of credit card numbers used uh, to, to make purchases. It will start looking at a whole bunch of data sets and data points uh, that are stored across various systems and various channels in your business. And it will start to connect the dots between those accounts to help identify either direct linkages, meaning we know for a fact that this person uh, is, is the same human being, although they've got these two different accounts, or it can do what's called inference linkages, meaning uh, that the, the, the address, uh, the physical address that these uh, two orders have been sent to uh, are the same physical address, but they uh, were placed against two different email addresses. So we have a high rate of inference that uh, either someone in the same household or the exact same individual has placed uh, these two different orders. And it start to draw inference linkages between those different account components and data sets uh, to really start to give you a much clearer, much more harmonized, much more cleansed uh, image of a customer. Now, when we start thinking about marketing automation platforms, typically the email address that comes into them as a subscriber is the unique identifying property of that particular customer or subscriber. Now, the problem with that is is that when someone logs into, say, for example, the website or they come into your physical store and they say, oh, I've changed my email address uh, and I want to update my email address from um, address X to address Y, uh, the problem is is that when that happens, what, ha what typically happens in most marketing automation platforms, not all, but, but most, is that the marketing automation platform will create a whole new separate profile. It doesn't update the existing profile uh, with the new email address. It creates an entirely new profile as, this the, as if they were a brand new subscriber or a brand new customer. Now what that does is it breaks the lineage or it breaks the history inside those marketing uh, automation platforms of their purchasing history and their behavioral interaction history with emails. It breaks that lineage and as a result of that uh, it starts to break up the picture of that customer's interaction with your business over time and therefore it starts to make it a very disjointed picture of that customer so so it will only see for example if someone has changed their email address and they've only made it made two transactions under that new email address but under their old email address they made 50 transactions then to to the marketing automation platform it looks like the customer account or the profile that made the 50 transactions it looks like that customers churned out of the business because for example they haven't made a transaction under that old email uh, for 12 months or more, uh, but it looks like that new customer is a newly acquired customer because they have a new account, a new email address, a new subscription, uh, and as a result of that, it looks like a newly acquired customer that's only made two transactions with the business. Now, this starts to severely, because most platforms use email as the unique common attribute to identify a customer, if they don't simply update that attribute against the customer, but actually create them as a brand new customer record or brand new subscriber or brand new uh, prospect record in the system. The, the challenge with that, again, is that all of the data associated with that, that record becomes disjointed and it becomes broken. Well, CDPs specifically are designed to be able to not only detect those changes, but to link those customer records together so that we have a single 
long-term holistic view of the customer and we can start running very, very effective, very consistent, uh, various different uh, RFM modeling, modeling uh, models. So recency, frequency, and monetary value can be uh, that those particular models, as they relate to a, a specific customer, those models can be run based on different weightings of each of those components of the score. And they can be weighted differently based on different rule sets as you model out that customer's performance over time and, ha and, and model out how they're likely to want to be marketed to, how, wanna, how they want to be interacted with. And it all can also start to inform things like your new product development uh, roadmap based on top products purchased, uh, top, uh, you know, top revenue, top margin products, etc., etc. So there's a lot of things that RFM scoring can inform within your business. But if you don't have a central uh, system of record for those customer attributes and those customer data sets, uh, then you're going to be running RFM scoring on a very limited and, and heavily polluted subset of data. And a CDP is specifically designed to circumvent that problem by unifying all of that customer data across multiple records and multiple record types. The other thing that a CDP will often bring to the table is additional third-party sources of data uh, into the system to help inform and enrich your existing customer record and the first-party data or zero-party data that a customer chooses to provide to you. So let me just firstly cover what zero-party and first-party data is, and then I'll start to talk about how third-party data sources that CDPs integrate into the custom record start to help build out that view of that customer or that particular segment. So zero-party data is data that a customer explicitly gives to you. So you might have a questionnaire on your website. Let's say you're a, you're a, uh, you know, a, a business that sells health products and you want to ask them um, you know, a series of questions when they sign up for an account uh, or they can add this data later on into their account when they're shopping with you. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you an example of zero-party data as it relates to that. So they might give you a list of ailments uh, that they have uh, that they're looking for you to help them solve. If they voluntarily give you that list of ailments, uh, so they tick a few boxes. They tick a box that says, you know, heart issues. They tick a box that says, I've got diabetes. They tick a box that says, uh, I've got digestive issues. They tick a box that, that says, maybe, uh, you know, I'm kosher or I only eat halal foods or I only, um, you know, I'll only um, take supplements that are artificial sweetener free. Or the, any, any data that the customer voluntarily gives you through a series of effectively profile questions and answers, um, you can think of that as, as uh, it basically, any preference information that a customer voluntarily gives to you, you, you that's considered zero-party data. Now, first-party data is data that is collected about a customer as they interact directly with your brand. So things like the, their, their purchase history, what items they've purchased over time, the number of times that they've purchased with you, the number of total items they've purchased with you over time, the attributes of the products that they've purchased with you over time. So let's say you're a fashion brand and 85% of the time a customer buys red products from you. Uh, first party data is the data that tells you that 85% of the time they have bought a red product from you. That is first party data. So data that you can infer or data that you can gather uh, from their interactions from your business is for, considered first party data, zero party data, 
so implicit data basically is first party data and explicit data that someone gives you intentionally when you request it uh, is zero party data. So most customer data platforms can ingest and manage, maintain and link together both zero party and first party data, but they can also bring in third party data sets from other providers and start building out, help helping to build out the picture and the, the lenses in which you can see your customer data through. So uh, one of those uh, very popular third-party data sets that's often brought in is address data sets. So there are third-party addressing providers that if you send them an address for a specific uh, name, a uh, specific per person's name, they will then validate that address. And they will say, yes, uh, we see that as a current address for that person, or no, we don't, or oh, they've actually, when they, when they, when they input their address into your system, um, they look like they've misspelled it by one letter or something like that. And we will then inform or we will enhance your customer data set with everything we know about the addresses of that customer, both past, present, uh, past and present addresses that we have for that customer so that we can get a really good read on do we have a really accurate uh, physical address for this customer or don't we? And should we cleanse it? Should we augment it? Should we add to that data set as a result so that we know when we're doing our segmentation, our geographic segmentation, we will know that we've actually got accurate addressing for this particular customer record as we start to segment out based on geography. And that starts to become really important when you start, start to want to run things like weather dependent campaigns or things like that. Addressing becomes a really important part of not only being able to successfully deliver orders to your customers, but also being able to segment your customers by geography and treating them different in the way that you market to them, in the way that you sell to them, in the way that you personalize for them. So uh, that's one way in which third-party data sets can be provided by CDPs or ingested by CDPs to help fill out or populate that customer record with really accurate, reliable data and, and also cleanse your existing data sets. Um, Another one is uh, is segmentation data. So uh, down here in ANZ, uh, I don't know whether this happens, uh, whether this service provider operates in other regions of the world, but there's a uh, effectively a, a data set provider called Mosaic, and they help businesses. Mosaic provides a Mosaic score. Uh, if you provide them a certain amount of customer data about your first party data set, if you give that to them, then they will help to start uh, filling out uh, the uh, information around the demographics of that particular or, or they will provide back to you a demographic assignment for that particular customer. And so they'll say, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is what we would consider a, you know, a, a middle class, um, you know, consumer with, uh, with an average year annual income of X, uh, you know, th as a result of that, based on our total data set, we know that they prefer to buy, you know, uh, um, eco-friendly products. We know that they prefer to buy, uh, you know, we, we know that, that nine times out of 10, they don't uh, require discounting to convince them to purchase. Um, and so you start to build out a view of specific demographic buckets of customers based on the data that you provide to these third-party data providers and the data that you get back. So it's, a, it's effectively, effectively an exchange of information. Uh, and that starts to build out some of the demographic profiling that can be applied to every single customer record in your system. And CDPs can facilitate that. They can provide the plumbing between you and those third-party data sets uh, and ingest that data back in and organize it and structure it in such a way that then it can help to inform 
your RFM modeling. It can start to inform your campaign modeling. It start to inform your dynamic segmentation uh, that then is then exported to your marketing automation platform. And that leads me to the next topic, which is, okay, well, I, I've got a marketing automation platform. It does dynamic segmentation based on these uh, few different profile properties. Why do I need a CDP? Well, in, in a model where you already have a CRM and you already have a CDP, uh, sorry, you already have a CRM and you already have a marketing automation platform, what a CDP does is it takes over the role of creating the segments that then are integrated with your marketing automation platform. And the marketing automation platform becomes your sending, uh, where the, the place where you create the actual physical campaigns. You can create the conditional content that goes into those emails that are sent by those campaign tools. Uh, and then it actually does the physical sending of the emails. Uh, it tracks the interaction and the behavior of customers that receive those emails, it tracks the, the usage and the behavior against those emails. So it still does all of that, but you, you, what you do is you're effectively uh, no longer requiring your marketing automation platform to create the segments that you send your emails and that you craft your email workflows around, you rely on the CDP because the CDP has much more information than the marketing automation platform does around your customers and their behavior. Uh, as a result of that, you let the CDP create all of your dynamic segments, and then you integrate those segments into the marketing automation platform, which then controls the actual uh, crafting and creation of the e emails, the deliverability of those emails, and the interaction of those emails, and the workflows around those emails. The marketing automation platform continues to own all of the responsibility for that and then the behavioral data that comes back into the marketing automation platform as customers either open or don't open emails uh, as they click on specific uh, information in the emails and click through to the website and click through to specific URLs from emails uh, as they don't, as emails bounce, etc. Uh, all of that data that the marketing automation platform uniquely has can be plumbed back into the, the CDP platform uh, to inform further segmentation rules and further provide further data to the CDP platform. So it's a, it's a virtuous cycle. So the CD plat CDP platform will in, uh, ingest uh, data from not only the marketing automation platform, but it will ingest data from, say, for example, a customer service platform like a Zendesk or like a Gorgeous. Or if, if your customer service is all done out of your CRM, uh, then the CRM is going to be knowledgeable of, okay, how many times does a customer contact us uh, on average uh, f to, to complete each sale? So if on average uh, a customer contacts our customer service team three times uh, for every sale that, that they execute through us, uh, and we have another customer that contacts us on average 0.5 times for every purchase that they make through us, well, we know that the customer that contacts us three times for every purchase they make costs us a whole lot more because on average, we've got to send two emails, we've got to take three phone calls, and we've got to take two live chats or whatever it is from this customer. We, we can assign a cost base to maintain and own that customer. We can start assigning really accurate costs to, to uh, retaining that customer with us for each sale. So when we go out and we start to market to different segments, we might not want to offer as big of a discount model or promotional model to the customer that costs us more uh, versus the customers that cost us less. And we may want to exclude the, the costly customers from certain segments that we want to market to, or we may want to market to them in a different way. 
Uh, additional information that can come into the CDP from your CRM uh, or your ERP or your POS system is the number of transactions uh, or the types of transactions that a customer makes with you by channel. So for example, let's say hypothetically that you're an omni-channel business, so you've got physical stores and you've got online, and a customer buys both through your physical store and your online store. However, when they buy with you through a physical store, they spend on average 50% more than when they shop online or when they come into your physical store, they don't buy products that are on sale as much, but yet when they purchase online, nine times out of 10, they will only buy products that are on special or on promotion. Uh, then you can start to, again, target in the CDP as part of your segmentation process, you can start targeting the customers uh, to go and prompt them to shop with you on the channels that have the most value to you as, as a business. Uh, if the customer is relatively channel agnostic, then you can start to push them to, in this case, the physical store as opposed to prompting and encouraging them to shop online. You can prompt them to shop on the physical store instead, their local physical store instead. Conversely, if, they, if their average order value uh, and their cost to serve is lower online than it is in the physical store, then obviously you're going to want to try to uh, promote and push them to shop online with you versus in your physical stores. Uh, and if they shop in one store versus another store, so let's say they have, for some reason, they've got two stores that are close to them, uh, but when they shop in one of those stores, uh, they spend a whole lot more money because you might not even know why they, they spend more money in one store versus another. So they might have a personal relationship with one of the salespeople that is in the store that they spend more with, or, or they just happen to like the salesperson that they most often interact with when they go into that store, and as a result, they buy more versus they might not have have that same relationship with someone at one of your other stores and as a result of that you want to encourage them to go to the store where they tend to spend more versus some other store in your chain. So those are just some examples of where a CDP is going to give you channel specific insights down to the customer level and it is also going to be informed by third-party data sets coming into that customer data platform to help inform your dynamic segmentation. Uh, so really what we're talking about here is the ability to have a pan customer view across every system in your business that, that houses, holds, or interacts with customer data. So we're really talking about uh, every transactional platform and every operational platform in the business. So, uh, you know, if you've got a, a, a independent live chat platform, if you've got an ind independent uh, uh, browser push notification platform, you've got a diff an independent CRM, if you've got an independent ERP, if you've got an independent marketing automation platform, if all these platforms are independent and they are not pre-integrated in any way, then a CDP becomes even more important in those scenarios because it becomes the central hub for the data coming into and going out of every single one of those systems. So I... I guess really what we're talking about here is a new way of respecting customer data, of looking at customer data, uh, and actioning and, and, and pulling actionable insights out of customer data and then actually doing those actions based on that customer data so that you're serving customers in the way that they actually are telling you by their behavior that they want to be served. It's all about respecting the customer, collecting the data that allows you to respect the customer, and then taking action on that respect and the empathy that you have for the customer based on what they're telling you through their behavioral actions and interactions with your business. Now, 
when it comes to there's uh, there's other systems that are closely related to CDPs, and one of those is known as a CXP. And I'll talk at length in another episode about CXPs, also known as customer experience platforms. But uh, a customer experience platform is really designed uh, to externalize the data that you collect about a customer in your CDP or in other platforms. It's, it's, it's a CXP platform is designed really to help you externalize that to the customer and make that customer facing, meaning uh, when they log into their account, they can see all of this rich information that you have about them so that they can update it, so that they can manage it, and so it helps them uh, make their own purchasing decisions easier and with less friction involved. Uh, and it allows you to give them better. So it's, a CXP is more of an operational system and a CDP is more of a marketing uh, tool, uh, a marketing and personalization tool, whereas a CXP is more of a, of a personalized customer experience tool and uh, more of a personalized um, uh, customer service uh, tool than it is a marketing tool. So CXP, CDP, tightly related, very tightly correlated, uh, but have different roles as it relates to the customer. Uh, and they, they see different, uh, different data in many respects, uh, but they can leverage each other's data as well. So hopefully you have found that discussion around CDPs interesting. Hopefully you further understand what a CDP is, how it might relate to your business, uh, and how you can go about selecting a CDP that you think will start to plug the gaps that you already recognize in your business that are not allowing you to have and deliver the kind of personalization that your customers want you to give to them. And uh, if we're starting to talk about name brands of CDPs, just so that you can start doing your own homework, uh, there's a locally homegrown CDP that comes out of Melbourne called Lexer, L-E-X-E-R. Uh, very, very good, high-quality um, CDP platform, one of the most impressive I've ever seen. Uh, Segment.io uh, is also a very popular CDP platform, um, very well-known, recently uh, acquired for multiple billions of dollars by Twilio. Um, there's also the CDP space is heating up very, very quickly. So a lot of the biggest CDPs in the world have actually been acquired by bigger players. A couple of CDPs have been acquired by, by SAP. Uh, CDPs have been acquired um, uh, by Salesforce. Um, CDPs have been acquired by IBM. So pretty much every major technology vendor in the space has either acquired or is building a CDP in-house um, because it's becoming such an important part of the omni-channel stack, technology stack. And as a result of that, those major technology vendors don't want to get left behind. So hopefully now that you understand a little bit more about what a CDP does and what it offers, hopefully now you can start to think about, hey, do I need a CDP in my business? Which you most likely do. Uh, if you've got any kind of uh, volume of customers at all, it will be massively beneficial to you and your customers. But also uh, you can start to think about what am I looking for in a CDP that I might be looking to implement in my business? Uh, and what are some of the sort of quote unquote name brands of CDP that are out there in the marketplace? And, uh, and you know, you can start uh, thinking about getting demos of those CDPs and start approaching those vendors uh, to talk to them. And as always, if you have any further questions, I'd love to hear them from you. And uh, I do a whole lot of work on LinkedIn. I publish a ton of stuff to LinkedIn uh, and I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. So I love, uh, I guess, interacting with people on my posts on LinkedIn. So if you've got any questions um, that you think I can help with or that you think would be valuable as content that I can then 
you know, answer your question, but it also would produce valuable content for other people uh, in the industry, then by all means, uh, fire me a private message or comment on, on any of my posts. And uh, I'll look forward to trying to answer your questions and also put out, uh, continue to put out as valuable content as I can that's helpful to everyone. Uh, thank you very much for your time and we'll talk to you again soon.